recording studio at Wimberley Road, welcome to Extraordinary Joes, where we tell the extraordinary stories of ordinary people, just like you and me. Each week, we'll sit down with a special guest and hear the story of their life, career, and lessons they've learned along the way. After spending some time with our guest, you just might realize that your next extraordinary story is well within reach. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's get started. Welcome to another session of Extraordinary Joes with today's special guest, an old friend of mine and New York-based comedian, Lance Weiss. You are in for a phenomenal show today. Lance, if you're ready, we're going to dive right in with our rapid fire. Yes, I'm currently a comedian a comedian in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Nice. That's where, that's where I am right now. Yeah. I'm ready. Rap, rapid fire. Let's right. do it. You ready? You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Coffee yep. or tea? Uh, I'm on my third coffee today. I think it's too much. Do you give uh, elaborate? <laughs> do I give elaborate answers to these? I don't know. Um, no, you just roll. You, this is your show. You're the extraordinary Joe. I'm just uh, just the host. You know, I feel I feel extraordinary. You know, I'm feeling good. extraordinary. Being, I think when you be are you asked to be on this, you it makes you feel ex- extraordinary. Also, I didn't good. realize this. Did you realize that ex- extraordinary is really just ordinary but extra? I didn't realize. It's very that until- confusing, isn't it? I didn't realize that until a couple of years ago. It's like ordinary, but like even more like, because that's what it is. We always just use the word as extraordinary, but it's like ordinary and then extra, really. So I'm going to yeah, go coffee. Does that, mean, does that mean you're like more ordinary than every other, everybody else? You're just extra normal. Yeah, you're like the most normal normal. I don't know. Then, I got is that no good? Idea. I feel like maybe I should change the name of my show. Super Joes. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't. <laughs> I'll I'll let, I'll uh, I'll throw that to the team and see what they think. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with the rap, with the rapid with fires with me is I'm not gonna I'm gonna have uh, long explanations on all of them. I'm gonna go coffee. I'm gonna go coffee, okay. but then in the coffee. afternoon I, I do like a green tea. And I don't know if you know this, um, but green tea actually works differently on your brain than coffee. The way like the caffeine is coming through. I'm not an expert on it, but um, I like coffee in the morning, black coffee in the morning, and then uh, green tea in the afternoon. That's that's my preference. Okay. Animal you most fear? Animal my most most fear? Probably humans. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we're animals, right? Humans have the capacity to really uh, jack st- stuff up probably the most. Okay. Favorite childhood television show? Ooh, I didn't really watch that much TV. Um, I don't really have one, to be honest. I don't think I have a, ah. a favorite. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about this? Your last concert or your favorite concert you've attended? My favorite concert I've been to. My favorite band is Train, uh, and people make fun of me for it all the time. Um, the best best concert I went to is my my friend. Tra- my friend is a comedian, and and Train loves him, so we got to go uh, backstage for a Train concert. It, like they're my favorite band, so people make fun of me, but they have a lot of hits. If you they have they've had hits for like twenty something years or whatever. Yeah. So we got to go backstage, and we ate dinner with the band before the show. Like oh, it was cool. just like us and the band. And then uh, we did the show. Like I was basically on stage. Like, I could have easily just ran out there. I was like off to the side. And then afterwards, we just like hung out in the green room and watched. Uh, I think it was uh, one of the games of the NBA Finals was on. So it was just me, my girlfriend at the time, my buddy, his girlfriend, and like the three uh, lead band people. Like it was like crazy. Like imagine whatever your favorite band is and then just hanging yeah. out. Like it was like that was my favorite concert I've ever been to. Um and uh, any any train concerts, uh, I've been to I think twelve, maybe twelve train concerts. Probably eight of yeah. them alone because nobody would go with me. 
<laughs> so yeah, Trent, that's my favorite. Most recent, okay. I don't know. I haven't been to a concert in a little while. All right. Uh, if you could go back in time and change any event in history or your history, so world history or your history, what would it be? Um, I think world history, I'd probably, um, I'd probably have less people in general. I don't know how to change that, but like, I think most of the problems in the world are probably due to overpopulation. So I would, I would have us have less people. I don't know when that cutoff would have been maybe, maybe 1600s. I don't, I don't know even how many people were around then, but less people would be the thing I would change. That's really most of our issues. I think. Yeah. Uh, hot, regular or no yoga. Um, Oh man, I, I, I don't do yoga. I support yoga. I think it's awesome. It's just, it's not, I've tried it a few times. It's just, it's not for me. I don't think I do a lot of stretching. Like when I work out, like I'll do some like kind of yoga poses esque, but I'm not a yoga person. So none of them, but I do endorse. And if I were to, what was it hot regular or what? Or no. Oh, or no. Yeah, I guess no. But, but I do endorse all the yogas. I think it's a great, a great practice. All right. Small thing that makes you happy. Hmm. Small thing that makes me happy. Well, that's a pretty good one. Um, man, I don't even, I don't even know. It's small thing that makes me happy. Um, wow. You, these are good questions. You got to really, uh, it makes you think about some stuff, you know? Um, what do I like? Oh, here's a very small thing that makes me happy. You ever eat at a restaurant and they hand you those, um, after you eat those little like wipes, like, and sometimes they're warm. <laughs> yes. That's about as small as it gets, but dude, it's cause you're not expecting it. And like your hands are greasy. And then you're like, Oh my God. And then you can put it, you can put it on your face. You know what I mean? It's like, that's very small, but nothing. How happy does that make you just sitting there and you're like, all right. And you're like, Oh, every time it comes out, you're like, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. <laughs> so that's a very small thing that makes me happy. That's good. That's good, man. Thanks for playing along, Lance. Uh, you want to, uh, introduce us, introduce yourself to the audience. Let us know a little bit about who you are and what you're up to. Uh, sure. I'm a, I'm a, well, we've known each other for a very long time. Yeah. Maybe since high schoolish. Yeah. Cause we didn't, we didn't go to the same middle school. Um, no. so what would that be? Ninth, ninth, uh, ninth grade, 10th grade. And how are ninth, we now? Yeah. 35, 36. I'm 36. That's right. Yep. So, 36. So what is that? What is, what is freshman year of high school? How old are you? 15. 15. So 20, about wow. 21 years. Wow. Life is whizzing by. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, so we grew up in the same town. Uh, down in um, the Golden Isles, Brunswick, Georgia, St. Simons Island, Jekyll Island, Georgia, that area. And then I, I currently currently live in New York City, but uh, in this current moment, I'm in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, doing uh, comedy shows. I'm a stand-up comedian. So uh, that's it. That's that's all I'll say. That's all people need to know, I guess. You know, you know that's it. Yeah, yeah. And you just uh, you just recently started a podcast yourself too, right? Yeah. Well, I've been the host of I think three other podcasts in in the past where I was I had co-host um okay. and then I've been on just in the comedy world hey, podcasts have been huge for the last like however many years so, like I've been guest a guest on a ton of them and then I co-hosted a few but I now started my own just because it's like I just want to do my own thing like uh I'm trying to just build my own do my own thing basically so it's really just me ranting for however long. basically like what you're hearing right now is just yeah that's it <laughs> how have you enjoyed how have you found that process are you liking it or dude way harder than i anticipated yeah like being alone and trying to and here's why here's here's why i think like you're doing this right now like if i'm doing this on your podcast this is like your brand and then it's like you know whatever i said like whatever it's your it's your thing it's your brand right and maybe you feel that because 
like you're in charge of who you have on and what they say. And, you know, cause there's moments where it's like, Oh, I didn't like what I said there. Oh, maybe that, that sounded bad or like, but when it's just you, the self, uh, the self, uh, not hatred, but the self, uh, uh, doubt or like, cause it's just, it's mine. It's the party with Lance podcast and I'm Lance. Right. So it's like, I'm endorsing whatever I'm like putting out there. If that makes sense. Like yeah. you might have me as a guest and not agree with me, but it's like, it's fine. Cause it's like, that's the whole point is to inter- talk to people and get to know them and meet them and whatever. But like when it's me and mine putting it out, it's super scary. It's a lot more, it's a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. Also, I had a lot of coffee here in Cedar Rapids. So I'm rambling a lot. And if you want to cut me off or interject, please feel free. Cause it's your podcast. So <laughs> I don't want to take it over. Um, no, it's, it's, it's an interesting point though, that you talk about the podcast. I, um, I've got, uh, a little coaching business on the side where, you know, like I'm, I'm sort of the product, right? Like I'm what people would buy would be yes. whatever help I could provide. And, uh, I had a buddy of mine. Oh, actually Bo, you remember Bo. Yeah, Bo of man. course. Great guy. He's like, man, that's so cool that, uh, you know, like you're the product. I think that'd be really cool one day for like my, for me to have a business where I'm the product, I don't have to sell anything. I was like, yeah, it's awesome until nobody buys the product. Yeah. <laughs> and then like you're, you're left going like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I get that. Yeah, it's scary. It's um, yeah. Are you having a good time doing this one? Uh, podcast. Yeah. Oh, love it. I, I, I um, I, I find myself like trying to line up more uh, people faster than I anticipated mm-hmm. because I'm. I'm th- so the whole the whole point, the whole goal for me was, let me just talk to uh, you know, sort of normal people who are doing really cool things, mm-hmm. or at least things that I find interesting. Um. What I found sometimes when I would turn on a podcast and they're interviewing a celebrity or a millionaire or, you know, famous athlete or whatever, mm-hmm. there's certainly things that, you know, you get from no doubt, but sometimes it was like a little bit hard to relate. And so, you know, my, my hope was like selfishly, I just, I just enjoy talking to interesting people, but also to give other people a chance to listen to folks that aren't like, you know, so far, uh, you know, out there that they yeah. can't relate. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm I think it's a great idea. Can you give me like a a day in the life type snippet? Like, what's it like summary to be a com- a comic in New York? Um, it's a lot harder than I than I might have thought it was going to be. Like, I got I got into stand up comedy. Maybe I thought I I would not have to work, right? Like, I thought like I would just tell jokes at night and that would be the whole thing, and I'd like make a ton of money. But like, yeah. it's it's like right. I'm never not working. I've been in Iowa since today's uh, Friday, I guess. Um, I've been in Iowa since Tuesday and I've done nothing but work nonstop from my hotel room. Um, it's, you're constantly doing, I have some voiceovers I have to send in for some commercials. I do a lot of commercial auditions, um, during the daytime for like TV and radio commercials. So I have, I have, I have three of those I have to do today after this. So like the rest of my day is sitting in the hotel room recording these voiceovers. I have my audio equipment here. That's how we're doing this podcast. And then I email them over to my agent and then she, you know, she submits them or whatever. So I'm, I'm doing that the, literally the rest of the day after this. And then I might try and exercise for a half hour if I can in the hotel gym. And then I have a show at eight o'clock, which I, uh, if I go to the gym, then I got to take a shower. I got to get my clothes ready. Maybe I prepare for 20 minutes, just what I want to talk about. Show is eight o'clock. We don't start till eight ten, eight fifteen. Then that'll go myself and the other comedian. It'll go uh, you know, maybe till close to 10 or so. Then we hang out and talk to people after the show. You hand out stuff. If you have a card or whatever you say, it's just nice to talk to people, right? I'm not from Cedar Rapids. It's completely, this is Iowa. This is the middle of the country. It's completely different 
than uh, what I live on like a daily basis. So it's like I talk to people just it's nice to meet people from different places. So that's today. Um, and then I fly back to New York tomorrow. And then I think I land around two o'clock. And then I have three or four hours, uh, maybe just to do some home stuff, right? Because I've been away, maybe go to the grocery, do you know, like whatever you do when you get home. Then I have two shows tomorrow night in New York. So that'll be and that'll be that. And then Monday, I have, uh, I think I have a couple more voiceovers I have to record. And then I'm just trying to catch up on because I've been away for a week. So it's different every yeah. day. It's different every day. But during the day, like comedians are working usually during the day a lot more than people might realize because we're doing stuff like this podcast, we're writing for things, we're acting in things, we're going on auditions, we're going. Now, the value of any of that is up for debate, right? Depending on, but like we're doing stuff like, you know, so it's pretty, it's a lot more busy than I would have anticipated getting into it. Can you give, can you give us a little bit of like, so, and I, I forgive me, cause I don't know the whole, uh, the whole origin story, but how did you, how did you get into this initially? I mean, you just like, like, Hey, I'm a pretty funny guy. Let's just give this a shot. Like, what did that starting point look like for you? You know, what I just realized I don't even know if I'm talking into my into my soundboard. How does it sound on your end? Sounds ph- phenomenal. Are you serious? Because I don't even know if my thing. Because I just realized I have a thing unplugged. I don't even know if it's recording through this microphone I'm using. Should we just keep got, going? Yeah, I, I got you. I don't know if it. Very bizarre. Because we were at the beginning of this, we were doing some audio stuff, trying to figure it out, like you know how to make all this work, and like. I just realized my mic isn't even plugged in. There's no way this is even, this must be coming in right through the computer, but it's sounding okay. Sounds okay to me. All right. I guess we'll just keep going then if that's the case. I'm not, I'm not going to change anything. Uh, the question was how to, how to get started. Sorry. I just literally saw my cord and while you were asking me that, I was like, what? It's not even, <laughs> I don't know if it's working, it's working. Yeah. Let's I'm roll firm, with it. I'm a firm believer. If something's working, you don't change it. Yeah. Because it's hard enough to get anything to go well, like in life. Like, so if something's going well, you don't touch it. You don't leave it you don't alone. Mess with it. So let's just not touch it and hope for the best. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, the question was, how did I get started? That's it. This relates directly to our hometown a little bit. So okay. we're, from a, we're from a town that um, the arts isn't really stressed. Not saying there there are not arts. Um you know, definitely there's, there's some theater, there's some, there's uh, people paint and that kind of thing. But like in general, our town is, I'm not, it's not a hotbed for the arts, if you will. Sure. Right. Especially 20 years, maybe a little more now, like downtown Brunswick and some stuff on St. Right. Simon's and Jekyll has some stuff, but like not, not when we were growing up, it, it, you know, not compared to, I, I went to college in Washington, DC, and then I now live in New York. So it's like, when I went to college, I just started because we didn't really, uh, I feel like I didn't really get too much arts experience, um, like growing up, and it just like wasn't cool growing up, you know. So I just immersed myself in artistic things when I got to college. I took a, I took drawing one hundred and one because I never did any of that. Then I took painting, then I took an improv class, and I took an uh, acting class. I started doing tons of acting classes out of that. Then I got a theater minor. We, we didn't have a major at the time. I actually, would have done that if we would have had it. And then I started doing like open mics around Washington, D.C. And once I like figured out comedy, like stand up, I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing. This like this wow. is it. This is and like yeah. I had a light bulb moment, too. If you like people would say, like, when did you know or something? And here's here's what it, what it did it for me. It was I was performing. I was one of the only comedians on campus senior year because it's just it's a college. Like there weren't a, there weren't a ton at the time. And so I hosted a lot of stuff in, around campus. You know, they have student events and whatnot. Like sure. And. We had this theater there, you know, a lot of colleges have like an auditorium or a theater like on campus. 
we have a theater. It's like eight, it was seats like 800 people and 500 below and 300 in the balcony up top. And I was like the host of this event. You know, you do like three minutes. You're in college. You don't really have an act. Like it's just three minutes about like chicken finger cafeteria food. You know, like <laughs> you can relate to everybody yeah. because it's like they're at the school with you. You know, so what about that thing on the quad that was last week? You know, like. Right, right, right. And it was a parent. This I'll never forget. It, it was a parent teacher or, or not a parent teacher, like a parent's weekend. Right. Where everybody, come, our parents all over the country come in. They're with their kids. They have all these events. Right. And with some program for, I don't even know what the event, remember what the event was. But I remember I was, I was doing so well just because it's easy to relate in, in that. And I looked down in the front row. I'll never forget this. I saw like old, like, you know, older parents. Then I saw like kids laughing. Then I saw like, they were like white people, black people, gay people, like grandmas. Like, and I went to school in Washington, D.C., where it's very international. So there, there's Indian people, Muslim people, Hispanic people. And I just remember looking down and I saw everybody laughing in unison. And I was just like, um, you know, I'll, I'll curse a little bit, but I, I was, I literally was like, holy shit. Like, this is wild. Yeah, like, you're I was just looking, crushing it. Dude, I'm making people laugh at like, right. it breaks down all that. I have such a problem. We have so much like bullshit in our society of like, uh, you know, so much difference. And like, like when we grew up in our, in our small town, it's a smallish town where we're from, like, there aren't a lot of like, um, you know, like openly out like gay community type people, right. It just wasn't a thing, you know? Right. Um, this is 20 some, this is, you know, eighties and nineties. This isn't like, so it's like, when I looked down, I just saw every kind of, I was like, man, that breaks away all that shit that we all have racism, homophobia, all that stuff. And it breaks it down to a human level. And I was like, I can't believe that I'm able to make all these people laugh. And I was like, that's what I'm doing. Like that feeling of like, wow, wow just on a human level is like, yeah. it, that's what I'm, that, like, it hit me at a level that was like, it was like a light bulb moment almost. Like, wow, I can't believe this is what I'm, this is happening, you know? Yeah. Sorry, that was long winded. No, that's great. From there, for someone who knows zero about the comedy world, from there, you're you just like. you were a connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> I love to laugh. Does that count? Yeah, I mean it does. Every everyone is an expert because everyone knows what makes them laugh. Um, so would you, from there, will you just start sort of finding places that'll allow you to come and do comedy? How does that how does that work once you were like, okay, this is what I want to do. Now what's next? Yeah, well, you learn very quickly that there's the only thing that matters is getting on stage, right? Any comic will tell you write and get on stage because that's how you learn. It's how you do anything, right? It's like right. you can you can write a journal for a year, but until you get in front of people and you try and make some strangers laugh. It's easy to make your friends laugh, right? You're in a circle. You all have the same experiences. Like I'm a 36 year old straight white male. It, it, you now I gotta make like an 82 year old black woman laugh. It's right. a different ball game. I gotta, yeah. I gotta. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's and a group of them. And then and then there's a you know there's a bachelorette party. I'm not I'm not a woman. I don't know that experience. But like who's getting married? To, I gotta make that group laugh. So it's like you just get on stage and, and you'll hear that if you really start comedy, anybody will tell you like go literally anywhere someone puts a microphone in front of your face, you do it because that's how you All improve. Right. So let's say you're in our hometown down there. If I were, if I talked to somebody who wanted to be a comedian, I know they have uh, open mics in Jacksonville, Florida, and they also have some stuff in Savannah. So that's what you would do. If you lived in the Golden Isles, Brunswick, St. Simons, Jekyll, whatever that area, you would drive, you'd look, you'd find out where they were in Jacksonville. Like I, I even did that once when I was home because I come home from time to time. I drove to Jackson this is years ago. I wouldn't do this now, but 
I drove when I first started, I drove to Jacksonville, like an hour and a half, like the South side of Jacksonville or something, hour and a half to perform for three minutes. Wow. And then I drove back. So you're talking about that's your whole night, but right, I right. down there and do it and hang out and like, but that's cause I wanted to get, you know, I was just had some time and I want, I went drove there uh, by myself to do that. So, and then you're just taking feedback. Like you're just kind of taking some mental feedback, right? Like you go do it, see how it goes. And then you're learning from that. Yeah. And uh, a lot of comedians record their stuff when you start. You have a now we have cell phones, right? But before everybody had little audio cassette tapes before cell phones could record, and you record yourself, and then you listen back where you got laughs, and then it's like, oh well, that was funny. Oh, that worked, and then it's pretty scientific, and it can be, I guess, and you know, it's just kind of like logging what worked, you know, right? Um, but really, you just perform anywhere and everywhere that you possibly can, and it's like anything else in life. The more once you let's say you go to Jacksonville and you go to that open mic. Then you start talking because there'll be there'll be an old timer there who's, you know, 10 years in in Jacksonville, 20 years in in Jacksonville. And then you can ask him, well, where do I go? What do I do? What do I have? Blah, 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 blah. And then eventually, if you're if you're for, you know, for real serious about it, like any like anything, it's like you get to a point where it's like everyone is like you want to do stand up for real. Like the, you want to you want to be great at this, like move to New York City or move to Los Angeles or I mean, there's you can move up to a million places, but like. New York is like, if you're going to do it, it's like the best comedians in the world are in New York. I'm not saying that because I'm there. Like I would move somewhere else if that's where they were. Like it's very well known that even LA, people in LA will tell you that like New York comics are like the best of the best. And then if you, a good chunk of the LA comics, like spent a lot of time in New York, like half my friends live in LA. They were in New York for 10 years and now they live in LA and they're like some of the best comics in LA because New York, you can get on stage a lot of times. Like I can... The most I've ever done, which people have done way more than me, but I, I've done six shows in one night. Oh, wow. And it's not un, unheard of in New York to do like on a Saturday to do like three or four, three or four shows in a night. So, um, again, a very long winded answer. But, um, yeah, you just you it's like anything you get in the scene, you learn as you go. How much are you I mean, maybe I don't know now compared to the beginning, but uh, how much do you watch other comedians and, and pick from them? Well, you, you can't take anybody's material, right? That's no, like no, the, not, not, not their jokes. I just mean, you know, uh, I don't know, their cadence or, again, forgive me for not being a, no, uh, an expert, but, but like just things that you can learn sort of just like I might watch a, or listen to another podcast or when I was growing up watching a basketball player and pick things from them. Is there things you can learn from, you know, other people in the field? Yeah, it's like anything. The more you watch, the more you can you can pick up in like technique type kind of things. But I rarely watch anything anymore. Just like I've seen so much comedy at this point. Like I right. worked at the DC improv, uh, in DC for a year as a doorman. And then I worked at Caroline's on Broadway in New York, which is uh, like one of the biggest clubs there in, in the country even. And I, I've seen every headliner. Like if you name a comedian, I've probably seen them, uh, at some point, uh, and multiple times, not everyone, but like a good chunk of people. And so it gets to a point where it's like, and when you're, and maybe when you start out, you do emulate some people because we're all just trying. You're trying to like tread water, like doing stand up starting out. You're just literally trying to just like keep your head up because it's so hard and it's so terrifying that you don't even know what's happening. So you just yeah. So, but do you take from? Um, no, I mean you. Now I don't hardly watch it, watch any because I've just I've seen so much and I just kind of try and focus on doing my own thing. Sure. I've I've read before, and I don't want to. I don't even want to say the comedian's name because I'm I'll misquote it. But I've mm -hmm. read before, like a a big name, um, 
and he he talked about and maybe this is just someone wrote this in a book to sound good but he talked about how he would go on stage like with his jokes written down do them and even if they were just like crappy make a note like but basically would just be up there like willing to get slaughtered so that he could be better later um chris rock is who you're talking about that that's it yeah that's it um yeah he's known for doing that how like how often are you up there and it's just like man this is not going well or how often does that stuff just fall flat where you're like i gotta i gotta scrap this or i gotta make this better it happens all the time and it happens no matter who you are because he so chris rock is you know top of our field right he's one of one of the big the big people in our field it's like anything right it's just like i mean you take you can you can um compared to sports maybe like i know you're a basketball fan i'm a basketball fan like sometimes steph curry just doesn't hit it for whatever reason you know what i mean like kobe bryant would just miss shots like i mean he's known for that even right like yeah yeah it's just what it's the game like i've seen literally like famous comedians that people know i've seen them just just eating it up there like like just death and then someone brand new who's like maybe five or six years in goes up there and just crushes right after them it's like it's just the nature of and that's how you get good right you don't know you have to try the jokes out to see if they work and you don't know it's like it it, sports is a pretty good analogy for like sometimes a quarterback just cannot make a pass to save to save his life you know but it happens a lot what's the most challenging thing for you right now lance in in terms of being a comedian all of it it's so it's so hard yeah Now, now the onstage part's not the hardest. It is hard. It's still very tough, but the lifestyle is hard. Try, like trying to make money and make more money um, because it's like you can work so hard and just scrape by. You know, I've I have friends that are so good and like their careers are not great at all, and then I have no people who are so not good and they're people you recognize from TV. It's just the business is the hard part. The show is the fun, good part, and also difficult. But it's like I kind of got a lot of it down now where the business is the, t- the part that is like it's a tough business man show business there's no rhyme or reason I, I know people that I literally watched bomb for 10 years like well yeah we'll say five ten years like horrific comedians like at every show we would do they would not do well and they are now people on tv that you if I say their name like you would know who I'm wow. talking about like like it's just the bit and great for them nothing right. but like the business doesn't the business does it like it's it, it's like benching Jordan like like you know what I mean like you, if Jordan he's good they're gonna put him in like this is a weird feel where like Jordan they're gonna instead of Jordan they're gonna put in somebody nobody ever heard of and you're like why would that happen you know the business is hard is that is that just related to like the like fickle nature of what people say is good or I got no clue I got no idea um I think it's uh, it's a lot of like what society deems important right like or 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 what the general mass is like you know what's popular like a lot of things that are popular are not necessarily good you know like let's say an internet video of like a a, like a high school kid punching another kid will get like two million views and that person now like makes money off that video right they get like ad sales or like it goes viral and now they're like getting tv show pilots and stuff it's like that's what's popular. Like, I don't want to do that. Like that's I'm not saying that's the only thing that's getting picked up, but like what becomes popular in our society is not is not always what's good, right? Like there there are there you know 
yeah, that's all I'm saying that, I guess. I could go on about that forever. I don't, I don't think <laughs> Um, but you, but you're seeing the same, you see the same thing in the comedy field, I guess is what you're saying that stuff that may not, may not, uh, seem good is sometimes gets a little more run than the stuff that you're looking at going, this is worth listening to. It's just not getting the same, uh, the same chance. Yeah. Yeah. And every, every single comedian I know feels that way. There are people that are so good that you'll, they'll never have good careers. It just, and they're like the best of the best. And then there's people that are just so like so mediocre, and they are multimillionaires with multiple TV shows and it movies. It's it's right. wild. It's like, and it's what's weird is about it is it's like it'll be like somebody who like you're friends with and like who you've just like hung out with like countless times, and now you like ride the subway in New York or you're like driving and you see a billboard with their face right. on it, and you're like, what? That doesn't even make sense. Yeah. But great for them. Nothing against them. Sure. But it's just it, you know it is it can be frustrating as an artist. How do you manage? I don't. Sort- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to just hold it together. I had so much coffee today. I wasn't even trying to have this much coffee. <laughs> I like, so here in Cedar Rapids, I went to this coffee shop. Uh, I won't say which one because I don't want to give it a bad name, but maybe I should because I didn't like the coffee. It was, very, <laughs> it was very watered down. So then I so then I got a coffee from the hotel here. So now it's technically my third. I, I just don't know how much caffeine intake I've had. So I don't manage. I'm trying to just get through every day and do my best. <laughs> Um, and again i'm making some assumptions here but you're you're in a field that uh, is largely um you know your i guess success is largely determined by how other people react to you i mean that's the whole thing right that's the whole the whole thing and like you just said you know even 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 knowing that sometimes it's so like uh fickle and uncertain that you, you can't even figure it out but i guess on like a a nightly basis um or or on this trip you know like how do you deal, uh, like, I guess mentally, maybe emotionally with like, I'm here to make these people laugh. And, and like, how do you manage not like getting too inside your, your own ego or your own head with that? I mean, cause you're uh, performing, you know, and it's like, you're, there's some level of like, I would think like validation from this group of people. How do you not put too much into that? Yeah, this, this is the best advice that I've, that I have found out or, I guess I, I, that I've come up with or that I've thought about, like no one really told it to me. It's something that just kind of hit me at one point. Like anything in life, you can be, you're up there, right? You're in a spotlight. It's literally just you and a microphone and there might be 200 people, 300 people, like whatever it is, right? Watching you. So it can feel very like egotistical. It's about me. This is my thing. It's like, you know, uh, but, but what, what I've reversed and, and that'll make you nervous too, when you're up there, like, uh, you you get nervous when you're like oh the other comedians in the room are watching and I'm not doing like what do they think of me is my lip sweating do I have like armpit sweat <laughs> am I like do I sound nervous do I look nervous is this joke like especially when you see like good good comics like I've been on stage where like famous people are watching like right I, I you know I've I've brought Aziz Ansari on stage multiple times I've brought Judd Apatow on stage multiple times I've brought Jim Gaffigan on because I host a lot too a lot of comedy shows. Yeah, Jim Gaffigan. I've brought who else have I brought up? Um, and anyway, those are just some names that like. So it's like when you're on stage and you look out. Do you, do you know Judd Apatow? Yeah, like he's the greatest comedy director of the last like 25 years. Like name a movie that was funny. He made it right. So it's like <laughs> when you're on stage performing and you look out and you you know you're bringing because I'm hosting. I know I'm bringing Judd Apatow up next. That's like, dude, you don't want to bomb in front of Judd Apatow. Right. You know? <laughs> like, but all that stuff is the stuff that messes you up when it's like 
do they think I'm good? Am, am I sweating? Am I nervous? Whatever. Me, me, me. The best thing I've found out is like, you're, so you're saying like here, Cedar Rapids tonight, I have a show, eight o'clock. Um, the best thing I can do is kind of take it back to that story I had about like when I was in college is to look out and I realize everybody has problems. I got an infinite amount of problems. Just being human, it's like there's problems. That's what that's part of the human experience. So my, my thing is like when I look out at the crowd, if I can remember this, 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 this is the secret. If if I remember it, I don't remember it most of the time because I get in my own head about my own garbage, right? If I remember, I look out and go, well, this, these people might, you know, this couple, uh, you know, or this person might have been going through a divorce or like this person's an alcoholic. This person has some mental problems. I, I have OCD. I go to therapy twice a week for OCD. Like that's a big battle of mine, you know, and it's, it sucks. It's embarrassing. But like everybody has stuff, right? People are depressed. People are, they might've just lost their job. They might, they might be not comfortable with their sexual orientation and that's a battle they're fighting. Like everyone, everyone's got their battles they're fighting. So if I can, when I'm on stage, if I can reverse that, and I mean, racism is still so huge in our country. It's insane, right? So it's, if I can forget, if I can forget about my own thing and I can look out and go, well, all these people are here. They're all different. They all have problems. Some of them are old. Maybe somebody's got cancer. Maybe, and they do. Like you can take a cross section of two, 300 people. You got all these scenarios I just named in there. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's like, so how can I, for however amount of time I'm on stage, how can I just like give to these people and like make their day maybe just fractionally better? Like that's the kind of the attitude I can take. And then what that does is take all the pressure off me. Am I sweating? Am I nervous? What am I going to be good? Are they going to think I'm good? Like none right. of that matters if I can reverse it as opposed to inward. If I can do it outward to like, well, what can I give these people? This is a skill set I have. I work on it very hard. I, and so it's like, how can I maybe share that with this group of people? And if I can remember that, I perform infinitely better every single time. The, the thing is, I don't always remember it. That's the problem, right? Because I do get in my own, own head, as we all do. You know what I mean? Like you coach things or if you're a teacher, it's like oh, you get so in your – I want to be the best coach, the best teacher, the best. Uh, yeah. Instead of that – what what can I give to these kids? What can I give to these people? Like, and that will take right. the pressure off your person and put it forward. I guess if that makes sense. Oh, totally. I do. Dude, I apologize for this rambling. This is out you of should, control. I'm, you shouldn't I'm, apologize. I'm looking, That's why we're here. It's yeah, it's out of control though. I'm looking at like you know recording. I can see like the sound waves going. The waves, it's like, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I'm just I'm just going. Sorry. This, this is not my show. This is your show. It I'm is glad, your show. I'm, I'm glad you're here. It you know, is I, your show. I love that though. Um, and you're totally right. Like, and I, I, I won't go into the story, but like, I've been there in the past where, uh, as a coach and it, and it comes from a, at least for me, it came from a good place. I thought of like, I just want to like be so good. And I, and I told myself I wanted to be so good, uh, for these kids, but man, it, it can take you in a really bad direction because you start trying to be a hero and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you stop being a, a just a good coach, which is what they need. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I've I've written about that before in my blog about um, I read a I read a post from a a very reputable uh, coaching like program and they were like be the what was something to the effect of like um, be the kind of coach that you know every player will look back on as being their hero and I was like golly like yeah Big that's standards. a bad place to be um, yeah how about be the kind of coach that kid needs right now period yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I totally can at least. Well, in, yeah, you, in, 
Go ahead. You're trying to maybe like leave a legacy of like the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. It's like that's that's not what's needed. What needed is that that kid like needs little encouragement, like because maybe their home life is tough. They need the encouragement right, right now on on this this Tuesday or whatever. You know, they don't need to look back and see you as the greatest human that ever lived. Right. Exactly. You know. Um, yeah. Two things that I to to that I'm that I've pulled out so far is like, and I, I didn't want to stop you earlier, but you talk about just getting on the stage. Man, I, I feel like I feel like that is so applicable to so many things that like we want to do in life, um, and not not to I mean, Lord knows that I don't even have a horn to toot, but like for me, it's like I want to make a podcast. I mean, how yeah. many hours could I have been like, let me Google like good equipment, like let me sure. let me call some people and like let me write about it. Like, what's mm-hmm. the name going to be? Like, I mean, I do have a logo, yep. but like, let me take three years and like really max master this logo. Uh-huh. Um, and instead I can just like be sort of okay at it for however long it takes. Uh, and if I never get okay at it, I mean, I would have fun doing it along the way, you know, I'm going to learn something, but the only way you're going to learn is doing it. I mean, the fact you've already got a few, this is what episode four, you said, it's like, you're already going, it's like, it's out. I, I listened to a couple episodes. It's already on the internet. I can see it. I can listen to it. I can do it. Even if five people listen, that might maybe five people get something out of it. Ideally thousands listen and it's huge and it's awesome. But like, yeah, it's just just the practice of doing it is how you learn any, in anything, really. Yeah, yeah. So that that whole concept of like just get up on the stage and do it, and then the um, you know, t- taking the focus off you and putting on what you can give. But but uh, since you said that, I, our last conversation, I, I've been wanting to ask you about this. So uh, this concept of like, man, if if one person gets a a a good a benefit from what you're doing, then you know you've done something well. You know. Yeah. I remember when I first started teaching, um, my principal and, and other people would say it too, but like there was some kind of quote, like if I can just, you know, help one child, then my career will have been worth it. And I used to think uh-huh. like, I still really don't know how I feel about the quote, but back then I was like, it's ridiculous. Like 30 years, low. you know, yeah. like I feel like you're setting the bar pretty low, but, and, and I'm, I'm probably like picking at nits a little bit too much there, mm-hmm. but how do you like how do you how do you maintain that focus lance because uh I think about that a lot too like and oh I love that concept of like not getting so wrapped up in being like the next great whatever mm-hmm. but but pouring into someone like offering the encouragement doing something that someone can benefit from like other than other than you're walking on stage and reminding yourself of who you're speaking to do you have any thing that's worked for you to like maintain that mentality Cause I would imagine even like for you more than me, you're around, uh, the best of the best all the time. And it's easy to look and go like, I would imagine it's easy to get caught up in like measuring sometimes. Uh, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, I, everyone's kind of around the best of the best though. Right. There's, there's, there's great people everywhere you look, you know? Yeah. Um, you're right. It, depending on what you're measuring, but like, doesn't matter where you go, there's a lot of like people that are, you know, uh, I don't know, but there, there are great people everywhere you go. So, and, and maybe they're not famous, rich, successful, however you powerful, whatever, but like, I mean, that's a good human right, right there. Right, right, Yeah. If you want to compare, you can find someone. Yeah, no matter where you are, because there are really smart, fantastic, caring, loving people, no matter where you go. So any, yeah, I wouldn't say, but I guess in my field, yeah, I mean, in New York City, like I'm regularly performing with people who are considered the be- the top of my field, you know? Um, so, um, how do I not compare myself or 
uh, even when, that's why I started my own podcast because I was doing that for a while. I get so overwhelmed by social media because that's like what the world is a lot of it, depending on what you're doing. Yeah. And I was just like, I want to do my own thing. I don't care if a thousand people listen to my podcast. Literally, it's just going to be for something that I can create instead of thinking about like, uh, I got to be on Instagram and Snapchat and the TikTok, this new, this new one that people are doing and Twitter and Facebook and email. And like, it's so overwhelming. It's like, man, let me just do my thing. Like, forget all that, what everybody else is doing. I'm just going to do my thing. And, and here's why Here's why when you say even one person or, or back to that quote, like, it, it does matter because I'm sure you've had this as a coach. I know you have. I don't even have to ask you. Like, you've had a kid come up to you and, and like, have a heartfelt moment and more than one, I'm sure. And, and they've said, like, you know, Mr. Henley or I don't know what you go about, Mr. Henley, Dr. Henley, I don't know. Uh, either one's good, yeah. So it's like they come up and they're like, you know – you know, Dr. Henley, it's like, like, you really helped me on that thing. And, and when, when another human looks you in the eye and is like, man, you really helped me on that. Like, that is enough. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. maybe that, that person, it's a butterfly effect. Like if that person then is maybe, let's say it's an, a nine-year-old kid. That nine-year-old kid is then nicer to the other nine-year-old kids. And then they're nicer. To, it's a butterfly effect. So it's like, if you have one kid a month, like that, that translates in, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it has a positive effect that you're going for. So you don't really need to compare yourself to everybody. You don't need, you don't need to be a public speaker and speak in front of 15,000 kids every Saturday at some conference. You know what I mean? Like if you right. can help to help one kid a week, one kid a month, it's like that, that has a positive flow into the rest of the school. And then that has a flow into the parents at home and to the other teachers and to it's like, so there's no better feeling than that to me. The best feeling I've ever experienced in this world is better than anything I've ever done. When I do a show, especially if anyone comes up to me, but especially if somebody who is different from me, like, like again, I'm a 36-year-old straight white male. If, if a 72-year-old like war vet, like black man comes up to me or, or, or like, you know, just I'm, th- I'm thinking of somebody that's like a vastly different life experience than me. Right, and because this does happen to me, I, they, like they look me in the eye and they they go like, "I, I got to tell you, like I had a really hard week, and like this was the thing that like you made you made my week." When someone, when another human being looks you in the eye, especially with someone different, really anybody, but like, and you feel like you really connected with that person, like it's like, dude, we're just human out here. We're all just trying our best. You know what I mean? Like right. at a human level, so it's like that is the greatest feeling I've ever experienced in my entire. There's nothing better than that. So. Man. that's how you get it down to one person. Like, you don't need everybody. One kid tells you, Hey, Mr. Henley, like you really helped me last week when I was, it was really tough. And you really, you changed, you changed. And that, I mean, I get chills even talking about it. It's the greatest, yeah. the greatest thing too, there is. So that's how you take yourself out of comparing to everybody else because like it does have an effect. Yeah. That's a man. What a great perspective and reminder. I, I it's funny as you're saying that, um, not that I had forgotten already, but just well, but we on do Friday, forget. that's the problem. We do yeah, it's forget. so easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. Um, on Friday, there's a kid, there's a, a young lady, uh, in my class mm-hmm. and, um, anyways, been working a little bit extra with her on, on some academic stuff and she got a really good score and she like saw her score and she looked back at me and she looked back at her score and then like, just gave me a hug and was mm-hmm. like, thank you. You know, and it's like, wow, not hearing you like hearing the reminder. It's like, you know, you can't just, you can't, I'm so bad about like sort of discrediting that stuff or sweeping under the rug or that's everything though. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, that's, it. that's it. That's it. That's the whole point. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, okay. Uh, pivoting just a bit yeah. to something um, n- not nearly as important, well, but, but well, I wanted before to. Before we have... do that, I say, how, yeah, you know, please. How do we? How do we remember those? That's the problem because I get caught up too, and I'm, I'm, we're just moving forward, trying to get everything done and, and move forward to our own personal life and blah blah blah. Like we got to learn. I, I don't know how to maybe take a moment to reflect on like that was an important moment, you know, and you did affect yeah. that. Like that, we got to figure out as humans how to like appreciate appreciate i don't know how to do it i'm not good at it you know what i mean yeah i've got two i mean i've got two things that i've been trying let me say it like that uh-huh. uh if you don't mind me sharing them yeah let's me. do it um everything that I, I i i read a lot and you and i talk about this i read a lot of like personal development personal growth mm-hmm. kind of thing and uh everything that i've been consuming over the last year or two i keep hearing about like journaling 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 um and I had never really like there, I always would try and end up like writing too much, yeah. you know, like it's been too long and like, or I'd, or I'd like be venting, which is not bad, but it, it's like, ah, uh-huh. so I just never could keep it going. But what I've been doing for, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not great at it, but what I've been doing fairly consistently for the last month is I've got like four things that I write every day. Okay. So the very first one, every sing, the very first one, every single time is today I am grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's really been, it's a little bit different what you're talking about. It's really been powerful for me just because like someday it's like one day I got up at, my wife gets up at like 4.15 or something. Oh my and gosh. One, That's when I go to yeah. bed almost. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, one day I got up with her like last week and we sat and we didn't talk really. Like she was reading her Bible. I was drinking my coffee. Mm-hmm. She was drinking her coffee. I was doing, I was writing in my journal. But I was like, Today, I'm grateful for like a quiet cup of coffee with my wife. Uh-huh. And it was like, you know, like, and then later, we didn't even talk about it. Later, she was like, enjoyed ha- sitting and having coffee with you. And it was like, man, wow. all right. That's like, you know, that's like, that's good. Yeah. And uh, it, and again, it's whatever I, I've been really like trying to be disciplined about, like, because I could make a list 12 pages long that, of things that are, that I have to be thankful sure. for. But I've really tried to just write no more than two things a day. Like today, I'm grateful for my my son's like spirit and the way he approaches life. And it just helps me. It That has helped me remember before I start my day, like not to be a curmudgeon or angry yeah. or like just remind me that there's like good stuff in my life going on, not to be in want, you know? Um, anyways, that's one thing that I've done. I've got some other couple other things that I write down or like, um, it's amazing how much better your day goes when you do that. Cause I've done that yeah. sometimes. I just forget about it. Cause I'm like, I don't need it. Right. But like, right. Right. If you, if you take that five, 10 minutes, like man, it, you start noticing just things throughout the day, you know? Yeah. I think the other one is like, uh, I'm working on, you know, that's one of the other four things. Like, so I give myself a reminder, like I'm working on being more grateful. I'm working yeah. on remembering good stuff. Um, and this other one, like I have there's zero, uh, like scientific evidence that it works or, uh, is even real. But, um, I wrote about this concept in a blog, like about a year ago of like sort of stopping and taking a mental image of those types of things. Okay. You know, like imagining that I'm taking up, like imagining that I'm like 20 years from now, uh, in coaching, they call it like third person listening where you're like you know, uh, not, I forget all the levels, but one of them is like, you're talking and I'm waiting to say my thing. So I'm not listening to you. Like that's no good. The other one is, um, I'm, you and I are having sort of a normal conversation where we're kind of, uh, ping ponging back and forth. And then this like third level is where it's, it's almost like 
I'm a, I know this sounds weird, but like I'm above the conversation. I'm kind of like watching it, uh, from okay, above, I you get know? That. Um, so anyways, I've tried to apply that concept on when I like, when I recognize key moments, especially with my kids, uh-huh. um, like, you know, I've got a great picture on my phone of Harper painting something. He's got no shirt on. He's got his tongue sticking uh-huh. out. Just like he's super into like this birdhouse that he's painting, yeah. you know? And I've, I've, when I've, when I have recognized those, I've tried to like imagine that I'm, you know, 30 years from now, sort of watching that moment on his like wedding slideshow or yeah. you know graduation video, you know, like I need to remember this, you mm-hmm. know? Um, anyways, uh, talk about a rant that was, uh, but those are a couple of things that I'm trying to like keep the good stuff fresh, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think those are good practices, you know? It's just so hard to remember all these things, you know, because we get so yeah. wrapped up and like you get up, you pop up in the morning and you just you're on the go. We just, I feel like everyone's on the go so hard. Like there's just yeah. so much to do every day that we, you got to take the time to like you, you know, you have to plan that in your day. Like let's say you got to pick your kids up from school or whatever. Like you got to plan that actually that 10 minutes in. It's like, no, 10 minutes. I'm going to sit in my car. I'm going to write in this little book for 10 minutes, you know, whatever. it is. Right. Right. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Uh, let, let's uh, we'll end on this story. I want to okay. hear. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lead. You. So you just had a greyhound experience. I did. I was on a greyhound bus yesterday. Okay. So when I'm I was in high school, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think then maybe you'll appreciate this. Yeah. When I was in high school, uh, my junior, uh, I think it was my junior year. Um, the there was a uh, uh, AAU basketball program out of Atlanta. Okay. That they, of course, they wanted Kwame to come play with them. Sure. I don't know whether, like, my coach, like, said, well, you should take uh, Brian and Jeff. If you remember Jeff Baker, of course. you should take, you know, Brian and Jeff. Or or somehow we, we made it in yeah. there and, and we probably had deal. no business. Yeah. Huge deal. Well, I, there's some – come to find out, I think, they wanted us to basically help him get him up there. But anyways sure. – the first time we go up there, I don't know. I I can't for the life of me. Uh, I need to ask my parents like why they let me do this. We took a greyhound. Oh, so they're like, we're going to take a greyhound to Atlanta. I guess my parents just couldn't take us that weekend or whatever. Sure. So we're going to take a greyhound. So, man, I am like, like you said, small town. You know, if I was going anywhere, I was riding with my parents yeah. in the comfort of you know and safety of their car. So we get on this great, and I remember uh, Kwame's like showing me all these ways to like hide your money, and I'm like, wait a minute, like I need that. He's like, yeah, you need a paper. I had money lance paper clipped in my underwear, what you, like in why my shoe. Why are you shoot. hiding? Because you're on the Greyhound. I, yeah, I've listened. I, I figured between the two of us, Kwame had more street sense than I did. Sure, yeah. So I'm like, listen, if Kwame says I need to paper clip my uh, dollars into my uh, whitey tidies, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so like, I've got, I've got like all my money, like place all over my body and um so we get on the greyhound anyways our at some point like it's where, like does, it, late. where does it leave from uh brunswick oh okay downtown yeah yeah okay. downtown so right. we're, we're supposed to go to atlanta and i mean i didn't even think this through in my mind i'm like atlanta's like a five to five and a half hour drive listen like i fell asleep you know like five six hours in i wake up and i hear like uh welcome to Metter. And met, it's like 
<laughs> I don't know the exact hour, but like Metter's like maybe an hour and a half, two hours. I yeah. don't know, but it wasn't five. Yeah. And so that's like how the whole trip went. Like we would stop and we had to get off, like get a snack. Uh-huh. Maybe it's like midnight. I'm like, what are we doing? It felt uh-huh. so unsafe. Um. Anyways, I, that was the last time and hopefully the only time that I've been on a Greyhound. Yeah, I was literally on one 24 hours ago. I do not recommend it to anyone ever. <laughs> I had to get, they're talking about how stand-up's going. I was taking a bus from Dubuque, Iowa to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And for that to have, it should be an hour, 17-minute drive. It's a two-hour, yeah. 40-minute bus ride. So it's like double. Is that double? Wow. I guess it's, yeah. Yeah, it's more about than double, du- yeah. More than double. Just more than because, double. You should say more than double. More than double because it goes west. It doesn't even, uh, like, you have to go south to get to Cedar Rapids, but it just goes from Dubuque straight west to a town called Waterloo. It's not even in the, in the direction of Cedar Rapids. It's actually even past <laughs> Cedar Rapids west. And then you got to come back down like southeast. Dude, it's a horrific – and I'm not – like everyone on this thing is like – was like – it was like meth, legit meth heads. Like there were a lot of people with miss, missing teeth. Um, uh, and like it's like a scary bus ride. And then it's like right, half yes. the – Half the bus had neck tattoos. Listen, I'm not trying to judge anyone <laughs> anywhere for anything, but like missing teeth and neck tattoos, you've made some life choices that have, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a choice. So, and, and now you're on, I'm on this bus, dude. And it was like, it's just buses in general. Like I can't, I'm not riding buses. I, I had this rule and I, I didn't stand by it uh, yesterday. It's like, I can't ride a bus over two hours because I go, in New York, you can do the the bus to Philadelphia. It's a two hour bus ride, no problem. Two two and a half hour, no. Past that, dude, we, I used to ride the bus to DC a lot from New York to DC. It's like a, a close to a five hour. Like it's just too long. Like those seats aren't very comfortable. Right. It's just like you're on there with a bunch of crazy people. Uh, not <laughs> not always, but like, dude, there's animals on some of these buses. Like from like, and and you got to stand. And think about the bus too. You got to you got to get to the bus stop. Then you got to stand outside. You might be standing on the cold for twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Then load the bus, get on. It's just such a process that, like, I'm done. <laughs> Unless it's two hours or under, I'm I'm not riding buses. Especially, like, I'm done. That's that's my bus rant. What's the new? What's the back? What's the new plan? Man, I don't even know because to get from Dubuque <laughs> to Cedar Rapids, I'm not even sure how. I could have rented a car, but it would have been like triple the price because yeah, I would be leaving it at a different location, right? Not returning to the same right. place. So I'm not even. Yeah. But I think I think maybe that's what you have to do, or like. I don't even know. I, I honestly don't even know how I would have gotten maybe hitched a ride from someone that I just found out. I should have asked at the show if anybody was going to Cedar Rapids <laughs> from Dubuque. <laughs> oh, so I should have done man. that. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I guess sometimes you're. It's not up to you, and especially maybe internationally. Like if you travel internationally, I'm sure there's all kinds of bus rides between countries that like that. That's just what it is. And was, and I can't even imagine some of those buses. Probably like depending on where you are, like pretty intense. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't recommend Greyhound lines, though. I'll, I'll publicly say that right now on the uh, or Extraordinary Joe's podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're bad news. They're our sponsor this week. Yeah, so. I do not recommend them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, uh, real quick uh, before we wrap up, my yes. wife I, uh, and I are going to head up to New York. Are you really? Um, yeah, I got her um, like a little Christmas Christmas trip. Are you coming during the Christmas time? Yeah, so we're going to come up. Um, we're going to leave Saturday and we're going to be there Sunday, Monday, or Saturday week? night and Sunday. Yeah. Oh, and then we're right. going to come back on Tuesday. So, so, 
Saturday. Uh, okay. So you're there for a night, a couple of nights. Okay. All right. We're there Sunday and Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Let's meet up. Uh, I, I have maybe a show or two. I have to look at my calendar, but if not, we'll just at least meet, we can meet up somewhere. Dude, yeah, we'll I'd love celebrate that. the launch of episode four of Extraordinary Joes. That's right. We should have taped it live. Oh, dude, we could have. What are we might doing? Have been, might have been dangerous. Dude, what are we doing? <laughs> we could have done a live episode. Oh. What's uh what's one thing uh besides uh partying with Lance that I should not miss in New York? You've been there before, yeah? No, no, never. Oh, you never been. Um, my, my Jennifer's always like talked about, she just really wanted to go during the holidays and like see all the stuff, like the decoration. No, I don't think so. Wow. Okay. Definitely not during the Christmas season. And you're there for a couple days. It's a couple days. I don't want to like be running around like an idiot for two days. You know, yeah. I want to enjoy it. Where are you staying? You staying in Manhattan? Oh, we're actually going to stay with Sperry. I'm not even sure where he lives. I know exactly where he lives. Let's give his address on the podcast. <laughs> um, he lives in a great area. Um, he lives in like a, it's a good area where he lives. So that's okay. So I know exactly what's going on. Yeah. He, I mean, honestly, if you've never been, this would be anybody who's never been to New York. It's so big, so overwhelming, and it operates on its own thing that you get, you can't do it all. There's so many sites, even the tourist stuff, like there's so many museums, like things you're supposed to see that like, right. don't even worry. Like pick, if you're there for like, say two, three days. Every day, just pick out one or two things that you really want to see and then check those out. And then the rest of the time, just walk around and eat food, like drink, okay. drink coffees, eat food and walk around. Because if you try and like spend – it's not going to be fun if you try and do 10 landmarks a day and run around like a madman for no reason. Like that stinks. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you, you can't do it all in New York. It's not possible. So yeah. pick one or two things you really want to see and then literally just stroll, walking. Just get have bring good shoes. I would say that. Bring good shoes. Um, okay. Because you will walk, you'll walk probably farther than you've walked, like, because you just walk all day. So that's my recommendation for New York. Yeah. In, in, and eat, right. eat, some, eat, eat a bunch of different food. Eat. Yeah, it's good. Okay. So maybe I'll, I'll hang you with you guys in Sperry. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be good. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, get with you and see if we can make that happen. Party with Lance. Is it, yes. and it's, it's lanceweast.com. Or partywithlance.com right? too. Yeah, they both Partywithlance.com. Party with Lance. Party with Lance podcast. Everything is party with Lance. You're everything's part, everything's a big there. party with Lance. Yeah, because life awesome. is, you know, life is so short or and can be hard. It's like, dude, let's just make it a party. And anything can be a party. So, you know, that's that's where that's coming from. Yeah. Hey, I hope you have a great show tonight, Lance. And um, I really oh, appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, All you can thanks do is for taking best. the time to to uh, to join me and have a chat. Yep. Sounds good. And I'll, I guess I'll see you next week. All right, Lance. Yeah. Talk to you next time. All right. Extraordinary Joe's. Take care. All right. Peace. All right. See you, man. Thank you so much for joining us for another session of Extraordinary Joe's. Some great reminders from Lance Weiss here about the importance of sharing our gifts with others, how to keep the focus off of ourselves. Uh, the impact that we can make with small uh, encouragements that we give to others and how and why we should avoid Greyhound buses at all costs. Today's episode was brought to you by Party with Lance, partywithlance.com, partywithlance.org, and partywithlance.au if you're in Australia. Thanks, Lance Weiss, for joining us, and thank you for listening. I will look forward to talking to you next time on Extraordinary Joe's. 